This episode is brought to you by Delta Airlines. One of the most underrated parts of a trip is that flight home. And that's why Delta Airlines tries to make you feel at home long before you even get there. Now, for somebody like me that's a homebody, feeling at home in the air is very valuable to me. And I love to curate that comfortable experience. And what I love about Delta is they have over a thousand hours of in-flight entertainment. They have Wi-Fi so I can do anything else that I want to do on my devices. They have great food and drink, and it just creates a positive end to my trip. They have fast, free Delta Sync Wi-Fi available for SkyMiles members, more than a thousand hours of in-flight entertainment, and they have premium food options and beverages like herbal teas, cold brew, sparkling wine, and more. All of the comforts that you'll find at home, you can find in a flight experience that feels made just for you. You may not be home yet, but Delta Airlines helps you feel a little bit more like it. Delta Airlines believes that you should feel at home, even if you're 30,000 feet above it. Learn more at Delta.com. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Blessed and Bossed Up podcast. I'm excited this week, not just about the podcast, but just this is an exciting week in general for me. Um, As you guys know, we relaunched a society and we've been on a social media fast And the fast is 21 days total. And actually this week, we're on the last week of the fast. We are finishing off next Monday. And this has just been like a real supernatural experience, the way that God has really showed out like in the things that have happened have been fantastic, honestly. And I'm just excited to see how people continue to grow even after the fast through the things that we're providing through the society. Um, but for today's episode, oh, and also this week is my podcast retreat, whoop, whoop, whoop. the Find Your Voice Academy retreat. The first one is this week in DC. I'm so, so, so excited. This retreat sold out in like three days and I'm just so excited about what we're going to be working on this week, what's going to happen in these women's businesses. I mean, we're going to be talking about everything from, of course, the logistics to the podcast, to build creating a podcast. We're going to be talking about um, the business behind the podcast. So setting up your business structure in a way to your where your podcast is just a, a money-generating machine. Then, of course, we're going to talk about getting listeners to your show and, and marketing your show so that you can get to the point where you have advertisers and things like that. We're going to talk about finances. We have an accountant there talking about um, finances and making sure that all of the accounting stuff is together. We just have a lot. We're getting promo videos and things that like it's so much going on and I'm super duper excited about it. Um, we actually have another retreat There's one in December, which is also sold out, but we have another one in March. I did an open house uh, a couple of weeks, maybe like a month or so ago, where I went over just everything that's included in the um, open house and or everything that's included in the retreat and in the programs we offer as far as podcasting goes. And so we have another one, another retreat that's going to be happening in March that we still have seats available for. So if you're interested, shoot me an email, Tatum at TatumToMia.com. Um, We did close the applications, but I don't mind accepting a few more Uh, for those of you guys who may have been. It's a lot of you who missed the open house. So if you missed the open house and you have a podcast and you're not seeing the results or making the money you want to see from it, or if you have an idea for a podcast and you're not sure where to start, um, I suggest that you just send me an email. 
email and I'll send you everything you need to know about what we do. And of course, the application to so that I can learn more about your show and then potentially I hope to see you at the retreat. So again, if you have any questions about that or if you want to work with us in that capacity, just shoot me an email, Tatum at TatumTamia.com. Don't DM me on Instagram, y'all, because I ain't on there. Remember, I'm fasting. <laughs> so just send me an email, Tatum at TatumTamia.com. Now, for today's episode, I've learned a lot through the fast and just interacting with a lot of the women. Um, A lot of that I wanted to talk about on today's podcast, I realized that I covered in another one of the tour stops. (laughs) I'm like, well, praise the Lord. There are a lot of this stuff I've already um, put together messages for. And so this is actually the last one that I'm going to share from the God is my CEO tour. I shared Dallas, I shared Chicago, and I'm going to share the Atlanta message. I'm not going to share DC. Next week, I actually really want to talk to you guys about the power of our words and our language, because I believe a lot of us are counter are being counterproductive to our faith because of the things that we allow to come out of our mouth, both consciously and unconsciously. And so I really want to break down our language on next week's episode. Um, But for this week, this is my message from Atlanta. It's called When the Weight is Self-Imposed. We talk a lot about the waiting season and how difficult it is. And we all are going to go through a process in order for us to be prepared and ready for the things that God has for us. But some of us, just like the people of Israel, we get stuck in a wandering season that we were never supposed to be in in the first place. And a lot of times it's because of our own actions and disobedience and things that makes the waiting season or makes the, the path a lot longer and a lot more gruesome than it needs to be. So I'm really excited about this message. I hope you guys enjoy it. And so without further ado, here is When the Weight is Self-Imposed by yours truly in Atlanta. You are listening to Blessed and Bossed Up, presented by Anchored Media, an entrepreneurship podcast for Christians all about how to make God the CEO of your business. Get ready to be inspired, challenged, but well-equipped to live and build your destiny his way. I'm really excited about the way we want to bring this thing home. I'm really excited about the message that God gave me to give to you guys. As you know, um, I said on the podcast that he told me to talk about when the weight it's self-imposed. And as soon as I got it, I was like, this might be a little bit deep. Like, what you mean the way to self-imposed? I mean, all right. And it wasn't until I actually sat down and got into like my mode to develop the message and not just see God like, what am I talking about? But I need details. Like, what is this particular message that you have for me to give to your people? That he really started downloading some things in me. So I'm gonna warn y'all right now, y'all might be mad at me. I really don't care <laughs> because I got to complete what God sent me here to complete and I got to be obedient to what it is that he wants me to say. So sorry, not sorry, but I'm really excited about what I'm here to do. So I'm going to go ahead and pray and we're going to get right into today's message. Father, I come before you grateful, grateful for being here. Grateful that you deem me important enough to deliver your word. Grateful that I didn't need a third party to lay their hands on me to give me the authority to come up here and deliver your message. Grateful that because of my obedience that you have downloaded some things in me for your people. God, I know how much you love your people. And I thank you that you saw fit 
for me to even be up here today. I thank you for trusting me with your people. And I do not take that trust for granted, God. I decrease myself once again so that you may be increased in me. I want every thought that comes into my head to be dropped directly into my mind by you. I want every breath that I take to be facilitated by you. I want every word that comes out of my mouth to be in direct alignment with what you want your people here to, uh, to receive from you, God. If I need to deviate from my notes, allow me to do that. If I need to deviate from what we may have planned, allow me to do that, God, but we want you to have your way. Even though we took a little break, we may have relaxed a little bit, I thank you that you were right here waiting for every last one of us to come back into this room because we are not done yet, Lord God. And I thank you that we will not leave this room, that I will not leave this area without completing what you have sent me here to do, Lord God. So I bow down to you. I bow down my will. I bow down my thoughts, my perspective, my intention. I lay it at your feet so that you can have your way with me and that you can have your way in this room. Allow me to, to articulate myself in a manner that I'm speaking well and able to do you justice, God. I pray that you move on the hearts of your people, that any remnants of uh, walls or barriers or things that may block them from being able to hear from you. We call those things out right now in the name of Jesus. I pray that your people's hearts are open to receive your word. I pray that they're eager, that everything that they wrote down today that they were expecting from you, that if they have not gotten it yet, that they will get it by the time that we're done. I thank you for the souls that are going to be saved in this room, for the recess that are going to happen in this room. And I thank you, Father, because they will not leave here the same because of what you decided to do on this day. So we thank you. This is a holy day. This is your day. And so I thank you, Father. Some people may not have gone to church, but they came here. So we thank you, Lord, for the message that you have given me, and I, and I just allow you to use me and have your way in this place. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right. So when I sat down and I saw God when we had what in particular he wanted me to speak about, he gave me a word, and I'm just going to read it. So funny, Kavaya had a prophetic word too, and here I am kind of following up with exactly similar to what she had to say. So God said, tell my people that the only way they're going to know what I have for them is if they seek me for themselves. They're allowing themselves to be spiritually manipulated because they think they need third parties to hear from me. They're stagnant in their businesses because they're seeking strategies from those that they view as expert, but don't they know that I am the expert of them? That I am the expert of their plan, their struggle, their triumph? Don't they know that the victory and the breakthrough is in me and what I have to say and nobody else? But instead, I have to compete with social media influencers, with false prophets, with the new age, with the cult, with witchcraft, with books that they read on business because they don't look at my book as having all the answers. Tell my people that I am the way, the truth, and the light. And that they are opening up doors for the enemy in their businesses, making the fight longer and more difficult than it needs to be. This episode is brought to you by Candid & Co. Let's talk about the holidays for a second because Thanksgiving is literally right around the corner. I think it's what, next week? And then Christmas is not too long after that as well as any other holidays that you may celebrate. And you don't want to go another holiday season taking closed mouth photos while everyone else is grinning from ear to ear. 
Getting a photo ready smile starts now and it's easier than ever with clear aligners from Candid. Candid's aligners can help straighten your teeth faster than traditional wire braces. Treatment takes just six months on average. An experienced orthodontist who is licensed in your state creates a custom treatment plan just for you. Then they show you a 3D preview so you can see how your teeth will look after you're done. Candid ships your aligners directly to you so there's no hassle of going to an orthodontist office and Candid even costs 65% less than braces. And with each aligner purchase, Candid donates $25 to SmileTrain, who brings safe, 100% free, cleft lip and palate treatment to children all around the globe. Get your photo-ready smile by the holidays. Go to CandidCO.com slash blessed and use code blessed to get $75 off, you guys. That's CandidCo, CandidCO.com slash blessed. Code blessed for $75 off. CandidCO.com slash blessed, code blessed. Let's get back to the show. And when I sat down and, and he gave this to me, I was like, oh, we going there. Okay. <laughs> I guess we're going there today. And I had to read that to you guys because, to be honest, I come to Atlanta a lot because a, a large part of my audience is here. So I come here, I'm in and out, but I never want to stay long. And I don't know why, but it's just something about this area that just grieves me in a way that I don't really experience many other places. And maybe it's because of entrepreneurship in a way that things are here, because in DC, I'm from DC, the entrepreneurship community is big, but it's not like this. It's more so everybody kind of doing their own thing. It's a lot of political stuff and, and tech stuff and things like that, but it's not a lot of like those super influencers and everybody in coaching things like that at home as it is here. And so when God gave me this word that people are going to business books and they're seeking strategists as opposed to seeking me as the expert of them, I was like, that's it. That's, that's what grieves me because I, I know with the way that I have been just committed to seeking God on behalf of everything, and just seeing what he's done in my life as a result of it, it's really heavy on my heart for everybody to experience that. It's heavy on my heart for everybody to understand that he really do have all the answers. That yes, you can seek wise counsel. Yes, other people will pour into you, but you cannot allow that to replace you going from the source. And so when he gave me the message of the way is self-imposed, I'm like, well, God, what are you talking about? How are people keeping themselves in the waiting season longer than they have to? And so I began to kind of think about the waiting season. And there's two different waiting seasons. There's one that's God-ordained, and that's one that you put yourself in. The God-ordained one still hurts. <laughs> it's still long. It's still difficult. But it's all going to work together for your good. The one that you put yourself in, makes you stay in this stagnant place that, that he, it will still work out for your good, but it's causing more harm than it actually needs to. And I don't know about you, but my waiting season with, with God, and we're always going to be in a waiting season. Like, let's be clear about that. Every time you get to a place that you once prayed for, he's going to reveal a new place, and then here we are in the waiting season again. So it's not really something where you need to be like, I want to get out the waiting season. But you just got to make sure that the one you're actually in is God-ordained and not one that your disobedience has put you in. 
So when I was thinking about the waiting season, God showed me two different stories. So how many of you guys are familiar with the story of David? Okay, so to make a long story short, we could do a whole tour of David. But David was a shepherd, he was not in his business. And um, Samuel came to his father Jesse's house and said, one of your sons is going to be king. Jesse had all his sons come in except for David. They went, through the, they went down the line. God was talking about, I don't look at outward appearance. I look at the heart because he thought the tall, dark, and handsome one was going to be king and not the one that's out there dirty tending to the sheep. So after he go through all the sons and Samuel being like, no, that's not it. Then here comes David. And then Samuel appoints him as king. Now, this is like one of David's waiting seasons because he went through a few. But at this point, he knew that he was going to be king, but he didn't go straight into the palace. He went back out into the field. Because before he could defeat Goliath, he had to defeat some lions and bears in his own backyard first. It was some things that he had to go through to prepare him for what God has for him. So enter that waiting season. Now, once he finally got into the palace, he was there as a musician because Saul was losing his mind. And David was there to play the harp to kind of help with whatever was going on with him. So um, David, so long story short, after David defeats Goliath and everybody like, oh, David slayed 10,000, Saul only slayed 1,000, Saul gave his feelings and entered David into his wilderness season, which is another God-ordained season. Now, with this one, he's like out pretty much running for his life because Saul was trying to kill him. So he's like bouncing from place to place to place. And I personally can only imagine how he felt. It's like, man, you said I was king. Then I got to the palace and I thought, okay, I'm this step closer to what you said was mine. But then here come the, the, the current king out trying to kill me. Now I'm out in the middle of nowhere, like, what's going on? So while difficult, and you can kind of go and read the Psalms of David and Samuel and things like that to kind of know that story. But those seasons were God ordained seasons. It was things that David learned in the um, first waiting season of going back into the field after being anointed king that prepared him to be able to defeat Goliath. Then, when he went back, when he was basically uh, on the run for his life, there were things that he learned that made him the mighty king that he became. So that's a God-ordained waiting season. So then here we had the people of Israel, right? They were in slavery in Egypt. Moses came. Y'all familiar with Moses, right? Okay, just raise your hand. Okay, cool. So Moses came. I mean, we got to ask these questions because I ain't going to be up here talking and nobody know what I'm talking about. So we got to, you know, whatever it takes to get the point across. But um, Moses went and rescued the people. God raised up Moses. He says that you want to free my people from slavery. You're going to lead them into the promised land. Okay, cool. A lot of stuff happened with that, but that was pretty much the mission. So that waiting season that they were in was a God-ordained waiting season. They had to learn how to act when they got to the promised land. They had to learn how to govern themselves. They had to, to put their army together. So in Numbers, they did like a census and all of these things. This was a God-ordained waiting season. Then they get to the point where they're so close to the promised land and they send out scouts, 12 scouts, one from each tribe. 10 of them come back and like, I don't know why he said that that was uh, the promised land. That's not the promised land. There's giants there. So 10 of them came back pretty much with this negative report. And it was only Joshua and Caleb who were like, no, God said that we're going there. So we're going there. Like, yeah, there, there are giants there. And yeah, there are things there. But God said that that's our spot. So we're going to go. So only two of them actually came back with a positive report. So the people of Israel went and they pretty much 
rebelled against God and rebelled against their leaders, Aaron and Moses, because they believed the negative report. So if you can, turn with me to Numbers 14, and I'm going to read 26 through 35. Now remember, the, the wilderness seasons that I've explained thus far were God-ordained. There are some of us who are in waiting seasons that are God-ordained, but I believe that a lot of you guys in this room, a lot of people in this Atlanta area are in waiting seasons that are not God-ordained. So in Numbers 14, 26, it says, Then the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, How long, and let me preface this, so this is where the people were complaining once again. They were rebelling. They was on their, they was in their feelings. Like, why would God have us come here? They said that this place is not all it's cracked up to be. Yada yada yada. So God, I mean Moses and Aaron went back to God again and was like, bruh, they complaining again. Like, you want to get annoyed? Read like Exodus. <laughs> start from start from Genesis, but go to like Exodus and read it up until like maybe Deuteronomy and just see how just complaining the people are and how much we're like that. But that's a whole sermon for another day. But um, this is where they then enter into a season that was that was not intended for them. So in 20, verse 26 it says, Then the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, How long must I put up with this wicked community and its complaints about me? Yes, I've heard the complaints that Israelites are making against me. Now tell them this, as surely as I live, declares the Lord, I will do to you the very things I heard you say. You will all drop dead in this wilderness. Because you complained against me, every one of you who is 20 years or older and was included in the registration will die. You will not enter and occupy the land I, sw I swore to give you. The only exceptions will be Caleb and Joshua. You said your children will be carried off as plunder. Well, I will bring them safely into the land and they will enjoy what you have despised. But as for you, you will drop dead in this wilderness. He said this twice, he's not playing. And your children will be like shepherds, wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. And this way, they will pay for your faithlessness until the last of you die dead in the wilderness. Because your men explored the land for 40 days, you must wander in this wilderness for 40 years, a year for each day, suffering the consequences of your sins. Then you will discover what it's like to have me for an enemy. I, the Lord, have spoken. I will certainly do these things to every member of the community who has conspired against me. They will be destroyed here in this wilderness, and here they will die. Now this is harsh. You don't want a reality check that God is God and he ain't playing with us? Read the Old Testament because everybody's dropping dead. <laughs> but I, wanna, I want you to really understand where we're at here. Here, these people have completed what was supposed to be their waiting season. They were done. Everything that they had gone through, being rescued from slavery, not having food, not having water, eating manna from the ground, which don't sound too appetizing. Doing all of these things, they had completed the process. And it was time for them to enter into the promised land. They were right there. They were at the last stop. How many of us are right there at the last stop before what God has for us? And it's because of our disobedience and us complaining and us turning our back on him that we're not even going to enter into what he has for us. 
And God was so serious with these people. He said, you want to turn around and you want to wander around for 40 years until all y'all die and we're going to try again with your kid. Hold on. So they went through all of that for no reason? Yeah. Because they rebelled against God. We, we look at God rightfully so as just a God of love, a God of, of prosperity, and all these things are promises, but we have responsibilities. And we also have free will. And a lot of our decisions and the way that we're leaving doors open for the enemy is going to have us die in this season spiritually. Our business are going to die. Our families are going to fail because we are not truly getting with God's program. So I want to demonstrate to you that there's a specific distinction between a God-waiting season and a waiting season that's self-imposed. And for the people of Israel, they had a season where the waiting never over, like y'all are going to die here. But God is such a gracious God that we ain't going to drop dead. But he's giving us opportunities, and I believe that he sent me here today to warn you and to show you. Because even though this is an Old Testament, a lot of people like to throw it away. God is not changing He's the same God that did that. Don't ever forget it. And he's the same God that's going to comfort his people. He's the same God that sent me here to get you to get back in alignment. But we got to identify the things that's keeping us from walking into what God has for us. This promised land was the land of milk and honey. During that waiting season, he prepared them. He said, don't do this. Don't do that. This is how you worship me. He gave them all the instructions. He gave them everything they needed to flourish in this, in this land. But because they didn't understand what he was doing, they complained and they rebelled. And that led to them never even entering the thing that he had for them. So how many of us are allowing the, the things that we're going through or our lack of understanding about what God is doing to keep us from the land that he has promised us? And the thing about the waiting season as God ordained and the one that's self-imposed, they're both hard. They both hurt. They both are struggles. I personally don't want to stay in the struggle longer than I have to. But a lot of us have. And so I have four points, four things that I really want to put the mirror up to you guys. Because I think the, the Bible says that we, my people perish for a lack of knowledge. And I think that there are a lot of people... A lot of people who say they love God, a lot of people who call themselves Christians, pastors, preachers, who are in the pulpit with no power, a lot of people who are manipulating God's word for their own agendas, a lot of people who are misusing the platforms that God has given them. And because of that, they're raising up a generation of people who are perishing because they don't have real knowledge. They got the same 15 scriptures in rotation that we've been hearing since we was kids. But nobody is breaking down. <laughs> but nobody's really getting into the word and breaking down the stories. I'm, I don't want to give you a two little scriptures. I want to give you a story so that you can go back and put yourself in that story. Of how am I like the people of Israel in Jalan, what God has for me? How am I complaining? How am I taking for granted the things that he had? The, the, the process, how am I taking advantage of this process that's preventing me from being able to walk into what God has for me? And so we got four points, and I'm not going to be before you long, but I don't believe that God is playing. And so I'm not going to be up here playing with the message that he gave me. So point number one, one of the reasons why the weight has been self-imposed is because you think that you got you this far. 
because you think that it was something that you did that got you this far. And we're going to go back into the word. Go to Numbers 20. And I'm going to read 6 to 13. I'm going to give y'all a second to get there. Can you repeat bullet number one? Yes. You think you got you this far. In Numbers 20. So verse number six says, Moses and Aaron turned away from the people and went to the entrance of the tabernacle. So to preface where we're at here, the people complain some more. They thirsty. They mad because they ain't got no water. And every time they complain, why did God even bring me out here? Why did God tell me to start this business if he wasn't going to, if he wasn't going to make, make it successful? Why did God tell me to leave my job if I wasn't going to be making as much money as I was making on my job? Why did God tell me to go back to school when it seemed like everybody that's going back, everybody that's successful didn't go to school? Why is God telling me to pay more attention to my husband when my husband ain't even supporting me in the things that God is telling me to do? I'm going to get in your business today. So the people were complaining, and Moses and Aaron were pretty much fed up, understandably, because I couldn't imagine. I ain't going to lie. I would have been like, because Moses this whole time is like interceding on, on their behalf, like, God, give them another chance. God, forgive them, yada, yada. I would like, you know what, God, remember what you did back in Genesis? Uh, remember what you did back with Noah when you, like, wiped everybody out? Can we do that again? Because they're getting on my nerves. I couldn't imagine. I, I ain't go like Moses. I ain't going to tell you. I, I'm done with them. Can I just go to the promised land? Because obviously. <laughs> <laughs> so here they're interceding on the people's behalf again. So they say, um, so in Numbers 20, verse 6, it says, Moses and Aaron turned away from the people and went to the entrance of the tabernacle, where they fell face down on the ground. Then the glorious presence of the Lord appeared to them. And the Lord said to Moses, You and Aaron must take the staff and assemble the entire community. As the people watch, speak to the rock over there, and it will pour out its water. You will provide enough water from the rock to satisfy the whole community and their livestock. So Moses did as he was told. He took the staff from the place where it was kept before the Lord. Then he and Aaron summoned the people to come together and gather the rock, gather at the rock. Listen, you rebels, he shouted. Must we bring you water from this rock? Then Moses raised his hand and struck the rock twice with the staff, and water gushed out. So the entire community and their livestock drank their fill. But then the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Because you did not trust me enough to demonstrate my holiness to the people of Israel, you will not lead them into the land that I have given them. So who, who can tell me how what went wrong here? Like how do we go from Aaron and Moses going before God because the people were stripping again. To them, they're not even being able to enter into the promised land. Can anybody know? Yes, exactly. And we can go back as in verse 10. Then he and Aaron, Aaron summoned the people to come and gather at the rock. Listen, you rebels, he shouted. Must we bring you water from this rock? In this moment, Moses took credit for what God was doing. He got so used to the miracles and signs and wonders that he had been performing and that God had been doing through him that he allowed himself to get to the place where his pride to get so high and for him to get so self-righteous in his own mind to say something like, must we make this come, this water come out of this rock? He thought that he did something. And because he made that pivotal mistake, 
he didn't even get to enter into the promised land. After listening to these people complain, after ushering them there for all that time, after going through all of that, he didn't even get to go himself. That's crazy to me. But it's something that so many of us find ourselves in. We think we got us this far. And so we're blocking ourselves from being able to get to the land that God has promised us because somehow we think we got ourselves this far. We think we got ourselves off that bad relationship. We think we rescued ourselves from that situation. We think we got ourselves out of debt. You didn't do that. God did that. And for as long as you put yourself in his position as the supplier of your needs, you ain't getting nothing else. And you ain't going to the land that he promised you. Period. Especially with entrepreneurship in this age of social media, especially in this area, everybody is so numbers driven. This is what I did. This is what my strategy did. This is this is me, 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 me. I got the perfect social media out uh, outline. I got all the pretty pictures. I got photo shoots four times a month, so I can get fresh content. All of this so that you can look at me. Oh, you thought you did something? You ain't going. God told Moses and Aaron, they're not going. And as the story continues, it just shows Moses' character because he didn't die right there and there. He didn't drop dead like people had. He still completed his assignment. And God took him up to, right before he died, God took him up to a mountain and allowed him to see the promised land. Even though he couldn't enter it, he was allowed to see it. So it just shows how gracious God still is even when we are disobedient. But that's not enough for me. I ain't going to hold you. That's not enough for me. It's not enough for me to see it. I want it. I want everything that God has for me. He said before he formed me in my mother's womb, he knew me. So I'm trying to get with that program, and I'm going to see it to completion. But a lot of us are, are staying in seasons and situations longer than we need to, which is blocking us from even being able to get fully there because we're taking credit for what God is doing in our lives. And I'm telling you right now, if that's you, repent, turn. To repent simply means to turn away from your sin and go back to God. Turn away and go back. Because luckily for us, he's so gracious and he gives us the opportunity to continue to seek him. He gives us the opportunity to continue to get second chances and third chances and fourth chances. And I ain't really trying to test God, I promise you. I talked to somebody recently, it was in Dallas at an event, and um, she kept saying how God has been telling her for a while to leave her job. And he was just showing her just all of the things that he was going to do through her businesses and the, the lives she was going to touch and things like that. But because she was afraid of whatever her reasonings was, she hadn't left yet. And I was sitting there like, and God gave me a word to give to them, and I think it's relevant here. How dare you think that God owes you more chances? And I told her, I'm like, don't you make the mistake of the hand of God leading your life. That's not a life you want to live. That's not a life that you want to live out here doing his work without him. It's not a life you want to live. And I believe we're in a season where God is trying to move some things and shift some things and do some things. But because we're so stuck in pride in what we could do in our own abilities, we're stopping ourselves from seeing the plan through. There are people's lives who are contingent upon your obedience. There are people's strongholds that are going to be broken because of what God has placed in your heart to do. But you too busy trying to look cute and convince the world that you got yourself this far. And you're like, what? 
Do you not know my ways are not your ways? That my ways are above your ways? I would do exceedingly and abundantly anything that you could ask for or think, but you're trying to stop here and think you did something? First of all, you ain't do nothing. Second of all, there's so much more I want to do for you. But again, we cannot make the mistake of thinking that we got ourselves this far. We are not self-made. We are God-made. God formed me. I didn't get myself here. I didn't make my podcast successful. I didn't do anything but stay on my faith and did and got up and did whatever God told me to do. That's it. And the only reason I'm able to reach the amount of people I'm able to reach is I keep that posture. I keep that posture of I'm not enough. But I can't do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So y'all gonna get this word when I get up here. But if I was to come up here by myself, I wouldn't probably be able to flow like this. So again, you guys, point number one is don't, is you think you got yourself this far, don't make that mistake. There's too much on the line. There are generational curses that need to be broken in your family. I told you guys about my dream earlier. Imagine if I wasn't seeking God. And I would have entered into the promised land not even able to enjoy it because I got this, this generational curse that's following me and I ain't did what he told me to do to break it. And he would have given me all this success and all this, this stuff and I can't even enjoy it. Then I have kids and they're dealing with it. Their children will commit a suicide and things like that. It's our job to break those curses before it even gets to them. And the way that we do that is we stay in a place of humility and understanding that it is God while we got ourselves here. The way you get out of that waiting season, the way that you get out of your own way, is to keep yourself in a place of humility that it is all God and not you. This episode is brought to you by Audible. It's the time of the year when everyone is traveling or running around getting thoughtful gifts for the people that you care about. Think about getting yourself the gift of Audible membership. Now is the best time to do it with a special offer of 53% off your first three months. Access an unbeatable selection of audiobooks, including bestsellers, motivation, mysteries, thrillers, memoirs, and so much more. You can choose three titles every month, one audiobook, and two exclusive Audible originals that you can't hear anywhere else. Listen on any device, anytime, anywhere with the Audible app. And it's great while commuting, at the gym, or during your holiday travels. With Audible, you'll also enjoy easy audiobook exchanges and your own audiobook library that you keep forever, even if you cancel. As you guys know, I've mentioned on the show a few times before that I've been reading this book. It's called, um, it's the Chick-fil-A book, (laughs) but it's called Covert Cows by Steve Robinson. And the book really dives deep into how this Christian-based company has become a leader in the fast food industry and the principles that it was built on and their marketing and things like that. It's a really, really excellent book. And guess where it is, y'all? on Audible. <laughs> right now, for a limited time, you can get three months of Audible for just $6.95 a month. That's more than half off the regular price. Choose one audiobook and two Audible originals absolutely free. Visit audible.com slash blessed or text blessed to 500-500. That's audible.com slash blessed or text blessed to 500 500. Let's get back to the show. 
<laughs> Number two. <laughs> I'm laughing because we really gonna go here today. Number two, you're perverting God's word by mixing it with the new age practices to fit your comfort level. You're perverting God's word by mixing it with new age practices to fit your comfort level. Who's, let me ask, who's familiar with what I mean when I say new age practices? Okay, who, who can stand up and tell me what I'm talking about? Go ahead. Um, so, I just have a ton of friends who are into this, um, but you'll hear people talk about crystals. Like, if you have like a purple crystal, that means you're getting some kind of energy with it. Uh, saving your house, like Tatum talks about all the time. And then there's also like these things like the universe, instead of saying God, or they'll use things, they'll mix it in, they'll say like, you can discern who you are by yourself, and not saying that God gives you discernment, they'll say you have the capacity to get discernment, and they'll mix in spirit with things like, your spirit can intertwine with someone else's spirit, but they won't say how. So, it's confusing because you hear like the word in it, but it's not the word. You wanna say something? No, that's not the same thing. Being led by other things, mm -hmm. um, other people that do other things, your houses, being, yeah. you know, think um, rich, get uh, rich, things like that. Mm -hmm. You know, using other people's formulas as mm -hmm. well as um, just going back to the crystals and, and all these other practices. Mm -hmm. It's a lot. So everybody's not religious, they're spiritual. Because demons are spirits too, we know that, right? Okay. So 1 Corinthians, I'm just going to read it to you. 10 and 21 says, You cannot drink from the cup of the Lord and from the cup of demons too. You cannot eat at the Lord's table and at the table of demons too. Deuteronomy 14, 2 says, You have been set apart as holy to the Lord your God, and he has chosen you from the nations of this earth to be his own special creatures. I believe that one of the biggest mistakes that a lot of us in entrepreneurship make and those who say we love God is we try to make him fit whatever makes us comfortable and that's not how it works. God has been God and he is still God. He's not changing. We need to get with the program. But instead, when something gets a little too hard, we like, oh no, that's not God because it hurts. Uh, yeah, it is. <laughs> He's, his, the word says that he is perfecting all things concerning you. So in order to perfect all things concerning you, some stuff got to get broken off, some habits got to get changed, this stuff don't feel good, it hurts. Read anybody who had, had a, a, a purpose and a calling in the word, it hurts. You go through some things, but we want to get so focused on how we feel, we forget what God said, and then we make that mistake of we opening up these doors for the enemy to enter into our lives and we don't even realize it. Like I said before, the, the word says that my people perish because of lack of knowledge. And I'm here to just stand up here and tell y'all straight up that if you're toying around with these things, you're keeping yourself in a space that you don't want to be in and you're opening yourself up for a fight that you really don't want to fight. When it comes to the whole, when it comes to like new age things, I didn't really understand this at first and I didn't understand how the door was opened in my life when I first got into business. My mother's an entrepreneur, and she was in a um, network marketing company, and it was all about personal development. 
So I'm reading New Age books as a kid because she thought that, you know, I'm gonna instill these things in her so she could grow up to be entrepreneurial. Good intentions, but she had no idea what she was opening up the door with, with me. So then when I get into business and I'm trying to build a business, I'm trying to build God's business with the devil's blueprint and I'm wondering why it's not working. It's because I opened up the door for the enemy to enter into my business, enter into my life through what I was reading. And it, it really irritates me when I see people who say that they love God and say they love Christians deal with this stuff and try to come, try to pervert who God is to fit them. I'm going to pray while I'm sage in my house so I don't do it like that. When I do it, I'm going to walk around with the whatever and I'm going to be praying for the spirits to leave. That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. That's like going to your door, opening it up for the devil, and being like, thank you, Lord, that the enemy is, uh, is driving out, that these negative spirits are leaving. Thank you, God. You want something to drink? Thank you, Lord. That, that don't make no sense. You just open the door. Let them in. Let them take camp in your house. Let them take camp in your business. But you praying that way? You know how much more praying and fasting you want to do now to get out what you just let into your house? When the negative energy was you the whole time, but you're playing with the devil. Like, I just, this type of stuff irritates my core because it is really keeping so many of us stuck. You're thinking you're freeing yourself, but you're digging the bigger ditch of bondage. How can God be the CEO when you are building your business with the devil's blueprint? <laughs> These books, but in, in, in my prophetic word, he said it. My people are going to these books because they don't think my book has all the answers. So this is a major door, especially in this area, that people are really leaving open. And if that's something that you dabble in, I'm not saying it to like make you feel bad, but I'm saying it to open your eyes so that you could turn away. I'm saying it to open your eyes so that you don't continue to allow these things to enter into your business. To keep hiring these business intuitive coaches that's performing X's and crap, and you don't even realize it. I read this book when I first got into entrepreneurship. Y'all know who I'm talking about, but I ain't trying to get sued, so I ain't gonna say it. But um, it was this book about business. She's popular, shows like real, real popular with business. And in the book, she tells you straight up that she's a witch. In the book, it's safe. And I didn't know any better when I first read it, so I didn't even realize it. But it wasn't until God began to kind of show me these things, I had to go throw a lot of things out. I had to go and throw the alchemist out. I had to go and throw thinking grow rich and out. I had to go throw these things out because they are not of God. And I'm playing games here, and I'm entering into a realm that I ain't really trying to be in. I got enough stuff to deal with. So again, I don't want you guys to be out here engaging in things that are not of God. Another thing is yoga. This one hurt me. This one hurt me. I ain't gonna hold you. Because I used to like yoga. I used to go to uh, dip, like hot yoga, so sweat, feel good, best sleep I ever had. God said, don't go there no more. I can't get nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, well, why? So then I began to do like the research and things like that not realizing that as I'm in these poses doing things that to me, my ignorant mind of this makes me feel good, this is relaxing, this is good for my body, I'm not realizing that I'm actually demonstrating praise 
to something that is not of God. So if my people perish for lack of knowledge, and so I believe that I'm here to, to give you some knowledge that you've been talking about, but I like it after this. But I have to get these things out because it's time for us to get free. It's time for us to enter into the promised land. It's time for us to turn away from the things that are keeping us bound that we don't even realize are still doing it. It's time for us to, to get our stuff together so we can leave an inheritance for our children's children. I don't need no generational curses making it to my kids. The only thing I'm trying to leave them is generational blessings. I was telling them at breakfast earlier, I came up with this whole plan for my kids. I said, I said, BJ, as soon as we have one, we're going to write them into the business, give them 10%. We're going to take that 10% every month for their profit and put it into a certificate. It can grow. The compound interest will allow it to grow over the years when they turn 18 and they go to college. We're going to take that money out wherever they want to go to college. We're going to buy them a house. So they're going to have their own house. Um, they can get some roommates or something like that to bring in extra income that takes care of the mortgage and puts money in their pocket. Then they're cut off financially. <laughs> <laughs> so I set you up because now you're a homeowner, you have uh, income coming in, you have stuff that you could do to finance your life. You ain't got to be, I want to be out in the Maldives somewhere living my best life and not trying to wire you some money. <laughs> Straight up. But that's the only thing I'm trying to leave my kids is generational blessings, not curses. I don't want my kids uprooting stuff that I could have did. How about Think about what you're dealing with right now that it don't even have nothing to do with you. It's because of something that was on your bloodline and the person above you didn't take the time to cast it out. So now you wonder why you can't sleep, why you got these tormented spirits. You wonder why you can't keep money because the spirit of poverty is more rampant in your family. And so now you, every time you make money, you don't even know where it done went. And you going to coaches and, and people to help you build your finances. We got to say, um, no, sis, it's time for you to get on your face and fast and pray and uproot this thing that's keeping you bound. First Peter 5 8 says, the enemy walks around like a roaring lion seeking whom he can devour. He is paying attention to you. And this is not to exalt the enemy in any way because we have authority over him, but it is to open your eyes to understand so you're not getting played with unnecessarily. So it's time for us to identify, that's why I'm giving you these points, identify the things that are keeping you bound, that are keeping you in the way longer than you need to be. Galatians 5 9 through 25. Go ahead and go there. It says the acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissension, uh, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like, I warn you as I did before that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. This is telling me that these things that we're dabbling in are preventing us from inheriting the kingdom of God. This is putting us in the same position that Moses was in, not able to get to the place that we put in all this work for. And then it goes on to say, but the fruit of spirit, the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, 
gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. And since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. The core of this point is that in order for us to inherit the kingdom of God, in order for us to enter into the promised land and to get everything that he saw before he formed us into our mother's womb, is we have to get out of step with the flesh and get into agreement with the spirit. We have to get out of step with the flesh and get into agreement with the spirit. If you're not, we all have the gift of the Holy Spirit. Some of us with evidence of speaking in tongues, some of us not yet. But we all have the gift of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is that inner accountability partner because it can get overwhelming. When God started showing this stuff to me, I'm like, well, seriously, what can I do? What can I read? Where can I go? It just seems like I got so many no's. What's safe? And that's something where I can't give you a checklist of what's safe and what's not. But what I can tell you to do is when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you're walking in step with the Spirit. And the Spirit will begin to tell you what's good. So you may pick up this book and you have peace about it. Or you'll pick up a book and you'll be like, mm, I don't know what it is about this, but I don't need to read this. It don't gotta be super like, that is the devil. <laughs> like, it ain't gotta be like that. It could just be a simple, mm, something not right with that, let me put that back. I don't know what it is about her. I've been on her phone for a while. She's really successful and the, um, the entrepreneur she worked with, but he's really successful, but I don't know. It's just something about it I don't feel like I need to go into that. That's what the Holy Spirit does. And I think we overcomplicate it, like we said earlier, or we make it this spooky thing, when it's really not. When you dwell with God, when you walk with God, when you seek him, when you meditate on the word day and night, and you take the Holy Spirit with you everywhere you go, you'll then begin to just walk a little bit easier. To be able to go to a place and be like, nah, that's not really of me. Let me just go ahead and go back home. I don't know what it is. Me personally, I don't really need to know what it is. If my spirit not comfortable, I ain't going. I'll cancel an heartbeat. I don't need to know. I don't need to wait for you to do me wrong for me to know I need to leave you. So again, you guys, we have to make sure that we are walking in step with the Holy Spirit. Because it's when we walk in step with our flesh, with what makes us feel good, with what sounds good, with what makes business sense, we step out of the supernatural things that God wants to do in our life. Point number three. <laughs> Point number three. Y'all are going to be pissed. You're beautifying your brokenness instead of uprooting strongholds. You are beautifying your brokenness instead of uprooting strongholds. A lot of things that are not working within your business is not for a lack of strategy. It's for because of the presence of strongholds. The reason why, like I said before, that you cannot keep money is because there's a spirit of poverty running rampant on your family that you need to uproot. The reason why you can't trust no man in your life is because there's some bloodline things that are there. There's some things that happened to you, that happened to your grandmother, that happened to your great-grandmother. But a lot of times, black people, we don't talk about it, so we don't even know. And if we're wondering, why is my business not working? Why am I not able to connect? 
with anybody? Why am I not able to find the, the clients that I'm looking for? It's not a lack of strategy. It's a presence of strongholds. And it's up to us to seek God on behalf of what those strongholds are. Fear is a stronghold. You scared to be a full-time entrepreneur because nobody in your family did. They had business ideas and things too, but they didn't, did, they didn't do it. And now they're shaming you for what you want to do when it's not really rooted in that. It's rooted in the fact that they're mad to see you do something that they couldn't do. Or here you are trying to build this, this powerhouse marriage and you're trying to build this foundation for your kids, and but all you see is divorces. All you see is failed marriages. All you see is two people who don't like each other, two people who don't sleep in the same room. So here you are with this person, and the second time some strife come around, you might, oh, I, I don't have to deal with this. I'm a boss. I'm out. <laughs> Meanwhile, that person that God brought to you that you became one with is the one that's going to catapult you into what he has for you. But you're too busy trying to be a boss. You can't be blessed and bossed up at home. That's not how that works. That's not the order of the household. I'll come up here all day and be like, yeah, this is this, this is that. When I get home, do you need anything? Um, not always, because the Lord ain't through with me yet. But at the same time, like I have the mentality of that's not my life. That this, I guess, authority or bossiness or whatever that I may approach other things with is not conducive in my household. I don't want my kids to grow up in a toxic environment. I grew up in a toxic environment. I don't want them to see that. I don't want them to bring them into that. I want them to see who two people who love each other whose marriage comes before them. But some of us, there are just some things that where the enemy is so crafty. Like I said before, he walks around like a, a, a roaring lion seeking whom he can devour. So if he could study you and see that stronghold, he could be like, oh. The only thing I need to do is send her somebody fine? And she'll stop everything God told her to do? Enter the athlete. He rich, he fine, all that stuff. Now you don't drop everything because you're about to be a basketball <laughs> But seriously, if he's looking at you and he's like, oh, so nobody in her family ever had anything, so. Let me make her feel guilty about being successful so she can throw it all away. Let me make her feel bad for getting paid for what she's doing because she don't know anybody who has a successful business. Or tithing is what's going to really be the key of, of unlocking the financial prosperity that she's looking for. But let me tell her that pastors ain't really doing what they're supposed to do with the money so she won't tithe. Come on now, tithe. I'm not tithing because of what you're doing with it. I'm tithing because the word says it's what I need to do. And if I feel like this is not the place where I, I'm not, I'm sowing, I'm not, if I feel like I'm not sowing into good ground, I'm going to seek God on grace, though. Simple as that. But somebody getting this 10%. Because I ain't got time to be opening up the financial doors. These kids got to get a house when they turn 18. Okay? Because they ain't going to be in my pockets. But yeah, you guys, like I said, that, that strategy. It's not what you're missing. You have to uproot strongholds. And what I realized is that a lot of us are strong in the flesh, but we're spiritually soft. So if somebody was to walk, if you were to be somewhere and somebody was like bump into you or something like that, you'd be like, oh, she got square out. Like, what you doing? You'd be ready to fight because they done bumped into you and pushed you around. Listen, I told them earlier, I was 
something somewhere, and I had to count down from 10. I had to go back to elementary school, like, 10, 9, 8, God, can I just, no, okay, 7, like, for real. But you're, you're spiritually soft. You're letting the enemy come push you around, and you just take it. How does that work? I have somebody talking to me about, like, their marriage. Um, and I really don't, you know, a lot of people talk about me about their marriage. I'm like, thank God, I've been married in two seconds. But, <laughs> but what I just heard them say was, it wasn't anything drastic going on, but it was just, like, striking things like that. And I was like, but well, are you okay with that? I was getting irritated because you're just sitting here telling me everything that's going on, but you're not telling me what you're doing. To fight, you're letting the enemy just play with your marriage like that, and you cool with that? I don't know. I don't know about that. You just letting the enemy play with your mind like that? You ain't got no peace of mind, and you ain't doing nothing about it. You smoking some weed because you think that's gonna do something? Yeah, I'm getting your business. You having a drink because I need a drink to relax? No. You need peace. You're spiritually soft. The enemy is playing with you, and he's winning because you ain't doing nothing about it. And that's keeping us stuck in situations longer than we need to be. Luke 10, 19 says, Behold, I have given you authority to trade on serpents and scorpions, and, all, and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall hurt you. Also, God, you need to tell me that I got authority over everything that the enemy is trying to do in my life. So why am, I, why am I forfeiting this fight if it's already fixed for me to win? If I got the victory, why am I accepting defeat? This episode is brought to you by Skillshare. Skillshare is an online learning community with thousands of amazing classes covering dozens of creative and entrepreneurial skills. You could take classes on podcast editing, video editing, cooking classes, interior design classes, content marketing, literally you guys, you name it, they've got it. I love Skillshare and anytime that there's something that I want to learn or do a deep dive into, Skillshare is always the first place that I go. And it's also the top resource that I love to recommend to entrepreneurs and people in general who are looking to build up any type of skill. Join millions of students already learning on Skillshare today with a special offer just for my listeners. Get two months of Skillshare for free. That's right, you guys. Skillshare is offering blessed and bossed up listeners two months of unlimited access to thousands, literally thousands of classes for free. Whatever it is that you want to learn, Skillshare will probably have it for you. To sign up, go to Skillshare.com slash blessed. Again, go to Skillshare.com slash blessed to start your two months now. That's Skillshare.com slash blessed. Let's get back to the show. Why are you accepting defeat in your business, defeat in your finances, defeat in your marriage, defeat in your calling? Why are you accepting defeat when God said that you had the victory? How do you love God and not agree with what he says? You working against him every time you get off the bed and, and you allow yourself to be subject to your emotions and your flesh and not be in tune with the spirit. How are strongholds going to be uprooted from 
going to be defeated. It's bigger than whatever we're going through at the moment. There's things that we have, things we have to do. There's places that we have to go. There's chains that need to break off of our families. We cannot be spiritually soft in this season. That's the reason so many people are easily manipulated and easily sucked into these spiritual things that are not of God. Because you're not addressing the real issue, which is your lack of trust in what he can really do through you. That's what the root of it is. You don't trust him. Now, now that you've identified it, let's get to work. Don't be soft. If I, if I told you right now I'll write you a check for a million dollars, I ain't got it, so if I said it, I don't know how you're doing it. <laughs> but if I said right now I'll write you a check for a million dollars, if you just get over this stronghold in your life, you will get to work. Oh, too, hey, I'm going to go ahead and leave right now so I can get a head start. Okay? You will get to work. What does the Bible say about generational curses? You're getting the scriptures ready. You're ready to go to war fast and today. You're ready to go to work because that million dollars is right there. Why, why does that have to happen for you to get to work? And honestly, God has way more than millions for you if you just go ahead and uproot those strongholds. He not only has financial increase, he has peace of mind. He has generational blessings. He has assignments, nations for you to go to and people for you to impact. Things that you can't even conspire to think of in your head that he wants to do for you, but you're stuck here. And he's like, well, I don't know what to do. I gave her free will. Yeah, I can do all things, but I gave her free will. She's not working with me. I told her faith without works is dead, but she thinks the work is in the strategy and not in the removal of strongholds, so she's doing the wrong work. Business and productivity are two totally different things. She on this hamster wheel because she thinks that's going to make her successful, and she don't even realize she needs more of it. We have to stop, be, stop being spiritually soft. Matthew 18, 18 through 19. It says, truly I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. Again, truly I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. When I read these things, these things just tell me the authority that I have. So if there's a stronghold in my life that needs to be uprooted, the Bible said earlier, some things only come through prayer and fasting. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to fast, I'm going to pray, and I'm going to use the word, which is my sword. So if God says that, I, that he has given me the authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall hurt me, then that means whatever's hurting me is against the will of God. It's a liar and it got to go. If he said that all I need is faith the size of a, a mustard seed and I can look at a sycamore tree and tell it to move and it will move, that means every giant in my life that is keeping me from entering into the land that was promised to me, it got to square up and it got to go and it got to bow down to what the word of God says. A sycamore tree is rooted, it's big, it's deep, it's, it's tough. But God said if you just had the faith the size of a mustard seed, you could look at it and tell it to move and it has to move. Why are we not walking around with that level of authority, with that level of swag? To know that everything I touch is going to be the goal. I'm touching everything. <laughs> everything getting touched because it's going to prosper. So I don't got time to be out here playing because the enemy loves to, 
He comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But the word says that I have victory. So how the only way he's destroying things is if I let him. The reason why you are where you are is because you're letting yourself say it. And like I said, it's not in the strategy like we said before, but it is in the removal of strongholds. But as women, we love to beautify our brokenness. We look good. We got the makeup on. The hair is laid. And we're dead inside. Dead. Lashes, face, beat, nothing behind the eyes. Dead. Got the world on our shoulder. Dead. As opposed to saying, you know what? God... I give this to you. This is your this is your way to carry. This is yours. And those are the things that we have to do to get out of this self-imposed season. We have to give those things that's keeping us stuck to God. And whatever it is that's going on in your life that you have to get to the root of it because you can't. How can you pray for a stronghold to be uprooted if you don't identify what it is? So if you're noticing that, let's take the money like we've been talking about, you're noticing that you can't keep money, that every time you seem to get it, you spend it, and it don't seem to do ever do anything, then you need to go to God and get to the root of that. Like, oh, that's because my mother was a spender. My grandmother was a spender. My father was a spender. My great-grandfather was a spender. Nobody kept money. Everybody was living paycheck to paycheck. Everybody's rent was past due. Nobody got off the hood. And then you need to pray for those things. I am the head and not the tail. I am above and not beneath. I am the lender and not the borrower because that's what the word says. I will spend my days in prosperity and my years in pleasure because that's what God said. So I command this giant of, of, of poverty, I command this stronghold of a poverty mindset to leave right now in the name of Jesus. This is how you fight spiritually. But we can't be soft, we can't just keep putting makeup on it and making it seem like it's okay. And then the last thing, the last thing that keeps us stuck is that we prioritize the grind over the grace and I said this earlier, we're so busy trying to work to make these businesses be successful, try every strategy that's, that's posted, try everything that the successful person did because it worked for them, thinking it's going to work for us. No, when God is the CEO, you get to where you're going because of his grace. If you could do it in your own strength, how would he get the glory for it? You bet because he's calling you into a space that you're unqualified to be in, duh, because he wants to get the glory for it. You're not supposed to be qualified because you're not supposed to be able to take credit. So don't let the enemy try to tell you, oh, I can't do this because I'm not qualified. God specializes in that. Who has been qualified to really do what they were supposed to do? <laughs> David was not qualified to be king, but it was through his wilderness seasons that God qualified him. It was through the weight, through the preparation, the God man weight and preparation that he was able to be qualified. So we got to stop letting the enemy, he's so and it gets, gets on my nerves because I'm like, man, God, if your people just saw what was on the other side of them, or on the other side of this, on the other side of just saying yes to you, then they would have no problem doing what, what, what you need them to do. But the issue is that wouldn't be faith. Faith is confidence in the things unseen. 
a step. Don't be grinding so much and striving so much that you get out of alignment with God, that you get ahead of yourself. You go on all the vision board parties because Habakkuk 2.2 says write the vision and make it plain. And so you said in 2019, I'm going to do all these things on my vision board. But two, uh, Habakkuk 2.3 says because the vision is for an appointed time. So who told you 2019 was when you were supposed to have your Bentley truck? <laughs> <laughs> who, told you, who told you these things? The vision is for an appointed time. So, so this grinding this outwork, everybody mad, and I was one of them too. I'm gonna block, so I'm gonna block before everybody else get on the block, and I'm still on the block when everybody go in the house. That's not, that don't work with grace. God had to rewire my work ethic. So now it doesn't mean I'm up at my computer from 5 a.m. to 4 a.m. It means I'm on my face for half of that day. So by the time I pick up the computer and I do things for the rest of the day, now I'm moving strategically. So now my four hours of actual work on my business supersedes somebody else's 20 hours because I did it with what God told me to do and not what I felt like I should be doing. Or not what my business coach said that I should be doing. And God won't let me, any sacrifice that I make, I will recover all. I remember thinking about my business and God giving me this idea for this media company. And for a while, for like a year and a half, I just felt like God was going on. Like I've been spending the last year and a half just saying yes to you and it's cool like you've been providing for me but this ain't really what I see for myself like this is cool like impacting your people and being in front of and talking that's fine but I have a business mind I, I want to build something that I can see grow that I can lead for my kids like and God said I know the desires of your heart and because I know you desire that this time that you spent growing in me will not be in vain so yeah, I'm going to continue to use you. Yeah, my glory is going to rest on you, but you're also going to be able to do that. So then he gave me an idea and he told me to go throughout this company. I want you to build, build uh, media content. I'm going to start with podcasts because I need for this fear of influence, which is why I know to tell you that this fear of influence of media is how the enemy is really running rampant in the world. So I want you to create this business where you're getting into this media industry and you're creating things that are rooted in the word of God. Everything ain't preachy, but the Holy Spirit is going to be in everything. And I'm like, okay, cool. Yes, now I can finally use this NBA I paid all this money for. That BJ was up all night when we do all homework for. Cool. So then we sit down and he's like, okay, go. So we come up with the whole business plan. He's like, okay, have a retreat at the end of the year. I said, bet. I opened up for the retreat. Three days sold out. Oh. <laughs> so if I would started this at the beginning of the year, I may have felt a little bit better. That was in May. It sold out in three days. So then my business then got jumped and skyrocketed way past what I would have even imagined. So I said, well, you know what? Let me do it again. Opened up another one. Sold out. Oh, so we're doing this. Okay. <laughs> Opportunities coming out of the woodworks. Sponsorships, like I said earlier, coming out of the woodworks. He will give me the desires of my heart. He will give you the desires of your heart. And he don't have to bless you in the same way that, let me make sure I say this right. If you give God, if you give God an apple, he doesn't have to just give you back an apple because that's what you gave him. He will give you the whole fruit basket because you obeyed him. He said, I will give you beauty for your ashes. I will give you a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. These are our, our promises that we have. 
So yes, God, so ready to you in this area to speak before your people. Ain't nobody laid their hands on me and told me that I was a pastor or I was anything. I just said yes to do what God had me to do, and here I am. And he said, because you are faithful to me, because you take care of your people, my glory is going to rest on you, and I'll give you everything that you asked me for. And I was like in tears because I'm like, ooh, thank you. Because the weight, the heaviness was worth it. That now when these things come in, because of the weight of season, putting things in place, because I put him in the business, now I know when God entrusts me with this increase of finances, it's going to be taken care of well because I put controls in place. Because taking by herself would have been at the wall. I would have been on a trip somewhere. I would have just been living my best little life. But now I'm able to operate in a, a level of excellence and a level of integrity and a level of stewardship over what God has given me because I just say yes to him and allow those things to accumulate. Because I, I say I allow the grace to have its way and not allow my grind to keep me from God. Oh, y'all quiet. So I'm going to go over these four things one more time. Point number one, you think you got you this far. Don't let your pride keep you from the promised land. Point number two, you're perverting God's word by mixing it with new age practices to fit your comfort level. Anything that you have opened up the door to for the enemy, Close it and close it now. Point number three, you're beautifying your brokenness instead of uprooting strongholds. This week, we got some work to do. We got to throw away some books. We got to unfollow some people. We got to get on our face before God when it comes to, as it relates to the things that's going on in our lives that don't look like him so that we can start uprooting those strongholds. But we got work to do. And point number four, is you prioritize the grind over the grace. Don't be such a hustler that you don't leave any room for God. First Corinthians 2 9 says, However, as it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him. And what that tells me is for as long as I continue to love God, for as long as I continue to walk in the call for his on my life that he has for me, for as long as I continue to be obedient and say yes when it doesn't make sense, when it hurts, when I'm confused, when I feel sad about it, then he has things that I couldn't even think of for me because I love him. These are promises. And so that's something that you do in a season. Put God in remembrance of his words, scripture. Remind him of those things. So when your situations ain't looking like what he said, remind him what he said. You're allowed to go back and be like, um, God, you will spend my days in, you said I'll spend my days in prosperity and my years in pleasure. These days ain't looking too prosperous and they ain't feeling too good. Like, this is what you said. And he may tell you, be patient. He may say, be still and know that I'm God. He may say, well, change this and it'll change. We don't know what the answer is going to be, but we're allowed to go to him and put him in remembrance of, of his word. These promises are here for a reason. So that is all that I have for you guys. I want to take this opportunity for anybody where if anything that I said may have struck you a certain type of way, 
If there are any strongholds in your life right now, there are any things that, that you're dealing with that you feel like are keeping you in that waiting season, if you feel like the season that you're, the waiting season you're in is self-imposed, I really invite you, you to come down to the front. I'm going to pray. Kavai and I are going to hug you, pray over you, all of that good stuff. But I don't want anybody to leave here the way that they came. I, I need everything that you brought in here with you to be left in this room. Because I said it earlier that everybody is going to leave here free. So come on up if, if you would like. We're going to go ahead and pray. Turn it up.